relationship smart women want to learn how to transform their intimate relationships. We feel frustrated, disconnected, and lackluster in our relationships, but we are done with blaming our partners. We are done with doing nothing about it. We are ready to do our bit to make things better so that we feel more connected, more alive, more truly ourselves in our intimate relationships. And on Relationship Smart Women's podcast episode today, I'm interviewing Sandy Phillips Melia. I don't know about you, but whenever I am feeling stuck or like I am neck deep in the struggle, there is one thing that always helps, and that is listening to some Abraham Hicks. I am a huge fan. There's just something about the way they continually bring the message back to the simple laws of what you focus on, you attract. That reminds me of my power and makes everything feel that little bit better. And that's why I jumped at the chance of interviewing today's guest, because Sandy spent nearly a decade traveling with Abraham Hicks on Esther and Jerry's Roadshow and absorbed their wisdom and their high vibrations. I really hope you enjoy this chat as much as I did. Just a heads up, this interview was made nearly two years ago, which is why halfway through when you hear me talk about the name of the podcast, I'm talking about it as Unbreakable Love. It's still relevant, um, everything we talk about and that conversation in particular. So I wanted to keep it in and just give you this little heads up so that you're not totally baffled and confused. with Abraham and has lots of amazing offerings as well. But Sandy, I just wanted to start with you telling us a little bit about that experience, how it came about and um, how you feel at the other end of it. Um, Well, the synchronicities that led up to it are really fun. Um, In my early 20s, quite a long time ago, I got exposed to Shakti Gwain, creative visualization, which is um, something that people may or may not be familiar with. And she suggested that you write out your ideal day, your ideal job, your ideal life, your ideal relationship. And I just did all that. And she suggested that you put it in a notebook and stick it away. Um, And it was um, pretty much fit every piece of the bill. You know, I wanted to be at some lovely place, um, not too far away most weekends. And then several times a year, I wanted to do exotic, you know, longer, longer trips. Um, and of course I, I was a single mom and was looking for the perfect partner. Um, and had spent many, many years listening to the Abraham material 
Um, and it was just fabulous that the universe was able to roll it all up into one. I met Scotty the weekend that he got hired um, out of the hot seat. Not everybody may know the story, but um, he got hired by Abraham. And I was at that same seminar that weekend, and we had met before that happened. Um, and then quite contrary to what I normally do, I decided that I was going to see him again at the at the Boston seminar about a month later and that I was going to give him my card. I've never really been the person who makes the makes the overture in any relationship, so it was a big thing for me to do that. Um my personal policy is is that if the if the um if the pursuit is on the woman's end, then there usually isn't enough momentum to to hang into the relationship when things get tough. Um, So I had never really been able to put myself out there like that. But for some reason, this just all felt so much bigger than me. It was like somebody else had made the decision and somebody else, you know, I said, I'm going to give him my card and I'm going to say, if you're ever inspired to get in touch with me, give me a call. So, so uh, Scotty is now your husband, is that right? Yes. 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 Right. Just wanted to clarify yes. that. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Um, we, we met that weekend, which was actually 5-6-7 was the date, May 6th of 2007. Wow. So the numbers are really fun. I mean, there's just so many levels of synchronicity to it that we could spend the whole hour just talking about those synchronicities. I think um, that's a but, really fun conversation, too, because I could do the same with it, the way I met my husband. But Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> yes, it's very fun. It's very fun. Um, so he did call me, and um, we got together. We could spend lots of time on those details as well. Um, I was very well received by the other people that were on the crew, and the decision that we made was that we were just going to travel together for a little while, Um, and then Esther decided that I should work for her. So I had been going to the seminars every weekend um, and helping, but going into seminar, um, and so when she decided that that was the thing to do, she paid me retroactively for all the time that I had been there, which was just a fact. Yeah, I know. It was so fun. We love Esther. I mean, there's just so many, um, so many cool things about all of it. Um, Yeah. So, so then, so then there I was, we were both working and traveling. We actually worked and traveled for um, seven years in, um, in RV. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, we went everywhere that was on my list of places that I wanted to go. And I made a new list, and we went everywhere on that list, and then I made a new list, and most of those places um, have gotten um, visits from us. Um, There's still a new list, of course, um, but it was really fun. I got to go to all of the the national parks, you know, Yosemite and Yellowstone and all of those places, um, Glacier Mountain Park. Um, So we went around the United States two generally two to three times a year depending upon the schedule and then um i've been on 22 of the cruises so islands i mean it just goes on and on and on australia new zealand um so yeah so so can i I ask what happens to you when you're exposed to that consciousness a lot 
it becomes your set point, I think. Yeah. It becomes your norm. Um, mm, in some ways, it's a little unreal. Like Abraham will say to you, we don't want you to only feel good when you're on cruises. We want you to take how good you feel on cruises and go out into your day-to-day life and be able to maintain the stability of your alignment when you're not around everybody who thinks this way, you know? So it's kind of a, um, it's kind of an incubator space. Um, So to be in it for eight years was, well, exhilarating to say the least, Um, you know, to always be in on the leading edge of thought when new things were coming out of Abraham. And, and personally, um, some of my favorite experiences in my whole life, were sitting around with Jerry and Esther after seminar and listening to what their experience of seminar was. Oh you know, like Esther will say, oh, I remembered this. And Jerry will go, oh, yeah. And, and what about this? And, the, I mean, it was just such a, um, a animated uh, place to be that there is really nothing that has that same kind of satisfaction for me. Can, um, I, can I just pause you? I want to come back to, sure. to the difference between Abraham and Esther and Jerry in a second. Sure. But before that, I'm just wondering if there may be some listeners out there who aren't familiar with Abraham and Esther and Jerry Hughes. Sure. If you sure. have a kind of summary that you could sure. spiel out for that. Sure. Well, um, they were business people and um, they actually had a meeting with another channel and that channel suggested that they start to meditate. Um, and at that point, Esther said it felt like somebody was telling her to sit on a bed of nails. You know what I mean? Cause that's kind of what they thought about all that woo woo stuff, you know, and they put meditation in with that woo woo stuff. Um, but she, she rendezvoused with the, with the energy that is Abraham, they describe them. It's a channeling um, situation. They describe themselves as um, the heart of all religions, the truth that is at the heart of all religions. Mm-hmm. Um, so Abraham is a cluster of spirit, uh, of soul intelligence, soul consciousness. That is they, would you how do you describe Abraham exactly? Yes, they describe themselves and Esther describes them as non-physical entities, non-physical beings. Um, there is uh, people have asked before about, you know, what is the makeup of Abraham? Mm-hmm. And there is um, you know, some basic um I guess beings that you would call them that they're there all the time, but then depending upon the depth and the breadth of the question. For instance, my dad's love was alternative education. And when somebody asked a question about alternative education, I could feel my dad, you know, because he's still involved in all. I mean, and that's one of the things they talk about is all the things that are important to us while we're in a physical body are all things that still have meaning and importance to us when we no longer have this physical body. And so, you know, that's how come they talk about there is no veil. Okay, so you know, you're, you're, just to clarify, your dad is no longer on the earthly plane, is that correct? Yeah. So when yes. there was a question about that, you could actually feel his presence through Abraham, yes. through, through Absolutely. Esther being channeled. Absolutely. Wow, okay. 
And I'm not really that sensitive to energy. You know, a lot of people say that they can see auras and those kind of things. Um, and that isn't a common part of my experience. Mm -hmm. So to be able to have those, um, unmistakable experiences is very powerful. Uh, Jerry, who is, so Esther is the channel. Yes. Abraham is the being that she channels and Jerry is her husband who is also no longer physical. Um, Yes, and on um, yes, the the uh, one of the things I wrote about in the book was some of the experiences on the Canary Island cruise, and somebody said that they wanted to ask Jerry a question, and I had been around the Abraham and Esther experience long enough so that I could tell that everything changed. Everything changed, like the way. Abraham held her body was entirely different. They started tapping their foot in the same way that Jerry always tapped his foot. And I've never seen Abraham do that with Esther any other time. There was like just these mannerisms that it was unmistakably Jerry. It was unmistakably Jerry in the same way that in that question, it was unmistakably my dad. But, you know, there isn't proof for any of these things. So my my knowing is enough for me. Um. So, so a very long answer to a short question. So the, the, the beings that make up Abraham respond to the question and expand their access to infinite wisdom mm. to bring whatever is appropriate to the questioner. Yes. And I just that makes love exposing myself to the question answer and just especially yeah. the answer. Like it just yes. always feels so right in my in my yeah in my being um will you recognize truth yes it feels like yes yes but but i want to come back to that the just just briefly that difference between esther and jerry as people and yes esther in particular as abraham yeah what what do you notice when she's not channeling well, Jerry used to make a joke that he was going to get a, a sign and hang it around Esther's neck so that he could have Esther or turn it over for Abraham. I mean, Esther and Abraham are, are um, I want to say noticeably different. Um, so are you familiar with the term muggle? Muggle from Harry Potter. Muggle. Are you familiar with the term muggle? I don't think so. So it comes from the um, the Harry Potter series. Oh, yes. Sorry, and, I am. Yep. And so what they're referring to is non-magical people. And so I just use that as a term shorthand for people that don't understand that you create your own reality. Okay. So, yes. Right. So, so, and that's what I was referring to earlier. They want you to be able to go out in the world of muggles and maintain your alignment. You know, they don't want you to just be with other people who understand that you create your own reality because... That's easy. You know what I mean? The part that's the challenge for us is being in the world, you know, and and maintaining our alignment. But anyway, so um, Esther is very, she's evolved and she does her work and she's been, you know, um, deeply submerged in this stuff for 30 something years. Um, but, But all of us, no matter how evolved you get, we all have. You know, like on the computer, when you when you um, push the little line and it the program um, the the on the screen shrinks down to the left hand side, and so the program is still running; it's just in the background. Mm. 
right? And so, and so we're all muggles because we're trained as muggles. And so um, Esther has, has muggle stuff going on. And Abraham never does. Abraham never does. Abraham is consistently wise and unconditionally loving. Um, and I know that Esther shoots for that, you know, just like we all do. But she has resistance and, and reactivity just like we all do. Um, and Abraham never does. Yeah, Abraham never Thank you. So interesting. Yes. I just find this so fascinating. Now, yes, um, it is. <laughs> I suppose I'm really fascinated in in love, and um, I've heard Abraham say that love is an indicator of alignment. Yes. And how you perceive yourself to be ties into how you feel in the relationship. Yes, absolutely. So, absolutely. So, and I feel this, I feel that how much love I'm allowing myself, how much self-love, how much uh, kindness, how much nurturing and tending to my, my anxiety or my fear rather than, you know, shaming it kind of is reflected in my world but I'm just I, I suppose I'm wondering about your experience with this uh, with the allowing of love and love can be quite uncomfortable you know we can resist it we can turn away from it it's not the love that's uncomfortable it's the resistance okay yeah Love is always easy. Yeah. You know, Abraham always used to say, it's easier to be rich than poor. It's easier to be healthy than ill. It's easier to feel good than feel bad. And I used to go, well, of course it would be easier if I had more money. And of course it would be easier if my feet didn't hurt. And, you know, blah, 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 on and on and on, you know. Um, but I think when you talk about love being equated with alignment, I think that's what we are. You know, we're, we're light and love mm. and, 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 um, that is our natural state is, is one of alignment and we are born in that state and then we're trained out of it mostly by, by well-meaning parents, well-meaning teachers, well-meaning authorities of all types. You know, they want to keep us safe. They want to help us learn all that kind of stuff. And in that process, we, um, especially zero to six. Um, I don't know if you've um, explored any of the neurological basis of any of this, but the theory at this point is that zero to six, we're running in theta mode, which means we're like an open container and we take everything in without a filter. And so, for instance, if when you're little, you see your parents fighting, you associate that with love. And so then later on, you know, when you're 30 and you're with your husband or whatever, fighting may feel bad, but it's normal, you know, because that's what it is that you're, that you're used to or that's what it is that you've been programmed to, but without filters. Because if we were, if we were, um, if we were able to separate what's happening from who we are, 
then we would understand that that light and that love is always there. It's just the fear response that covers it up. Yes. Um, so it's the fear that is uncomfortable. It's the yes. It's the fear. So, so can we unpack that just a little? What is the fear? Sure. I mean, because it it doesn't really make sense when you see it from the perspective of love is easy, you know, wealth is easy, all of that. Yeah. So, so yeah. why would we fear it? You know. So the fear is really just a response to our conditioning. Is that what you're saying? Yes, absolutely, and only that. You know, I don't know if you've heard some people say fear, false evidence appearing real. Mm, false evidence appearing real. Yes, I've heard that. Mm. That's what fear is. Mm. Um, and so it all comes down to, and mostly the work that I do with people is around definitions. Mm. So we pick up definitions somewhere along the way. And if they're heavy and they feel bad, that's an indicator that they come from somebody else. And, and it's not really who we are. It's not the love. It's not the light that we came to be. And the, the parts of us that never change are the love and the light. Um, I love that. Okay, so just, just wanting to clarify that again. We are love and light. And so who we yeah. are and who we're meant to be feels like love and light. So anything yeah. that feels heavy is conditioning training someone else's yep. ideas um probably not their truth either but their ideas their beliefs not their truth but they're they're also picked up along the road definitions yes yes definitions yeah okay so I, um and just to just to wrap that up to um the question that i asked you i think is that our definition of love can get tangled in, like you're saying, arguing, um, control, um, uh, yeah, uh, na- you know, if I, someone else making me happy, that kind of thing. Yes, yes. The world is full of these streams of energy mm. that say you need to be different so I can feel better. Yes. Or you need to be different so I can love you. Yes. And that is, or I need to be different so you can love me. Yes. And they kind of go right? hand in hand, wouldn't you say? Yes, very much so. Yeah. Yes, very much so. Um, but, but, you know, I mean, if you loved me, you would do this. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, how many, like, if you just go into the grocery store and listen to the music that's playing in the background, oh, if you love me, you know what I mean? And so we get this program message all the time, don't we? All the time, all the time. I mean, I grew up listening to the radio, but I didn't realize what those songs were telling me, you know? Um, And so I think a lot of our process, um, there's a another teacher, and he says that the purpose of our life experience is to trade the beliefs that we were given for the beliefs that we prefer. And so a big percentage of our adulthood, for those of us that want to do this work, and we don't all come wanting to do this work, and that's fine, yeah. um, but for those of us that want to do this work, 
my experience is that the actual work of adulthood is just figuring out what definitions don't serve us well anymore, holding them to the light of truth. You know, for instance, um, if Scotty's upset about something and he looks at me a certain way, I can feel my old reactivity coming up saying, oh, he's angry. I should do something different. When 99 times out of 100, whatever it is that he's upset about doesn't even have anything to do with me. And most likely it has something to do with something that happened to him when he was zero to six, you know. So there's this layer upon layer upon layer. And um, quite frankly, I'm not sure that you can really get to the bottom of it. Oh, I totally agree. I, I am constantly flabbergasted by how much healing I can do and still yeah. and still and still find more. Yeah. <laughs> like it, yeah. it yeah. is, you know, it's beautiful. Not complaining here, yeah. but it just, yeah. it, it is flabbergasting. I, I, it I, is. I agree. I don't think you'd ever get to the bottom of it. I don't think we need to. Right. No. And that I think is a is a misunderstanding. Yes. That we think that we're going to get to the bottom of it. Well, it's it's kind of that whole destination thinking rather than journey thinking, isn't it? It's yeah. Like, absolutely. One day I will be perfectly healed. No, no. The, right. the journey is facing it, loving it. Yeah. 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 Growing from. Yes. Always going back to the love of self. I mean, that's really the root of everything. Um, and it often takes a very long time. I'm, I'm, you know, 50-something, and I'm only just starting to understand that that's what it's all about. Yes, and I want, Is I want to talk to you about this. Mm. Go ahead. Yeah, because, um, and I just want to kind of draw in the title of this podcast, which is Unbreakable Love. Yeah. And I was kind of explaining to you before that I don't mean – for that to be about this relationship, I need to hold on for hell or high water and make sure it doesn't yeah. break. This is yeah. actually about the unbreakable love uh, as source, as within us. And yes. when we can get really centered and stable in that, then you know we can go out into the world and have intimate relationships uh, that thrive. Um, yeah. And and we were kind of talking about this just before we went uh, live, and you were saying something about how you just continually come back to that. And I want to talk about that because I think it's important to point out that we don't stay in unconditional love. Yes. As mothers, (laughs) as Abraham, yes. 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 Um, And Abraham's really precise in helping us to understand that it's not about never being out of alignment. It's about what way are you focused and how quickly you recover. And, and um, you know, I think that's kind of a leading edge for a lot of us who have been doing this stuff for a long time is, is being okay when we're in it, <laughs> you know, in the definition that doesn't feel good, in, in the feeling that doesn't feel good, in the circumstances that don't feel good. Um, but I think that's really what you're talking about when you're saying – unbreakable abraham uses the words we want your feelings to be unhurtable you know if you're so knowing that all is well that we are all source that everything is unfolding perfectly then there really isn't any reason to feel slighted or offended or i mean 
really, there's no reason to be <laughs> to be in fear. You know, the, the reasons that we're in fear are all from conditioning. I mean, unless, you know, the bus is coming down the road at you. I mean, that makes sense. Then your fear is of use, you know, to get out of the road. Um, but but mostly fear is about reactivity. And it's also giving us information. Anytime you don't feel good about the way that you're feeling, it's a definition that's no longer serving you well, that's asking for you to look at it and, and choose something different. You know, like, like my um, example earlier, if Scotty comes in and I see that he's upset, um, you know, my inner being source knows that all is well, that nothing's gone wrong, that nothing's going wrong, that nothing's going to go wrong. Um, and that's usually where we get off track. It's not really off track, but it's where we usually get out of alignment. You know, I look at him and can tell that he's upset about something. And then I, because I'm not stable or confident in my knowing that all is well, I start to wonder, oh, did I do something wrong? What happened? You know what I mean? Um, and so that's, you know, there's a, a saying, we're all just walking each other home. You know, and that's really what it is. We're all just on this journey to figure out how to love ourselves unconditionally. Um, yeah. And it, it's, that, like said, it's a process. I can imagine it's very interesting having two of you in relationship who are, are very um, involved in this work. In yes. In creation. Um, yes. And, you know, uh, I imagine there are times when you hold each other accountable and and remind each other. Yes, um, absolutely. And, you know, I'm not going to pretend that we don't have our contrast within the relationship, but, but because we both understand how things work and it doesn't happen all the time, but, you know, sometimes I can look at him and I can go, I know you just need me to be different so you can feel better. Or I can look at him and say, Oh, I just need you to be different so I can feel better. And then we both laugh and it kind of dissipates it. You know what I mean? Sometimes, not all the time. And so Um, what is the thought process that that's is the next step after that? So, so you're catching yourself in your old thinking, which is I need you to be different so that I can feel better. What's the, what's the next What's the better feeling thought? Um, I don't need anything to be different so I can feel better. Mm-hmm. My source feels good no matter what. Mm-hmm. My source is not involved in whatever my small self is thinking about whatever's happening between me and whoever I'm interacting with. Um But the definition, you know, it goes back to that same thing. So what that does is it gives me an opportunity to say, oh, I have some reactivity here that's coming up and I can think it's about him or I can understand that everything is only a mirror. And so so however it leaves me feeling is is my work. You know, it's it's. I don't know, you know, my dad used to look at me that way and then I know there'd always be trouble after or whatever, you know what I mean? There's there's something that's triggering whatever it is that my reaction is based on and it doesn't have anything to do with Scotty or whoever it is that I'm interacting with. It has only to do with with the mirror. So, so you know, if it leaves me 
feeling like, um, you know, he, he doesn't love me right. <laughs> Such a funny word. Um, so, so what that makes me know is there's something about me that I'm not loving right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so if, if it leaves me feeling criticized because he is angry, then, then how do I criticize myself? You know, what is the information that it's giving me? Because that's really all it is. It's only data. Mm -hmm. Love it. Okay. Now, I've got a question from the women who I serve. So the women who I serve, there's a few different parts to the women who I serve. But the majority are women in relationship, uh, in long-term relationship, have been for a very long time and are perhaps feeling... A little bit resentful uh, a little bit numb uh, uh, a little bit disconnected so they yeah. they they still want to be in a relationship but they don't yes. want it to feel like this yes yes so I'm wondering what your uh, what you would say to these women well, if you're feeling disconnected, it's because you are disconnecting from your own resources. Mm. Um, that's an interesting word, resource. Mm. It is right. So if you think about if you think about what you know, the the language doesn't have any coincidences in it. You know what I mean? So your resource is always you, and your resource is always love, and your resource is always source. And so if something's happening outside of you that's feeling you that's leaving you feeling disconnected from that, then the real answer is to look within and say, why am I, you know, like if 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 I'm feeling neglected in my relationship, how am I neglecting myself? If I'm feeling abused in my relationship, how am I abusing myself? If I'm not feeling loved in my relationship, how am I not loving myself? If I'm not feeling respected, you know, and on and on and on. I mean, it's as reliable and consistent as gravity. And we're not trained to think about it that way. We're trained to say, you know, all that one finger out has three fingers pointing back, and we don't realize that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, I feel like out there there'll be women who are very resistant to bringing the three fingers back in, you know, but, 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 oh, it's such but. A, it's just a long journey. Oh yeah. Sorry. Oh, that, yeah, I agree. It's such a long journey. Yes. Um, and so, you know, what do you do between here and there? What would I say to those women? Well, you know, the, the, um, specifics, vary but the long and the short of it is is that all relationships are designed for us to know more of who we are yes so any relationship is a success mm. so you I know that. And, that, and that comes back to what abraham always says that there is no failure there's contrast yes yeah. yes to make you know and what so, you want. yes um, so, you know, I've worked with people who are divorcing and the most important thing is to understand that nothing's gone wrong. Um, you know, all relationships aren't made to last forever. And sometimes we explore them longer than is good for us, according to the people around us. But if you're not done exploring something yet, 
then you're not done exploring something yet and there's still gifts in there for you yeah i agree you know? and and a lot of the time we need a certain level of frustration before yes. we can get the learning and the alignment and you yes. know, the motivation to get into yes. into alignment so that's always the answer. The The answer always is to ask yourself the question, how does this help me? How is this helping me? Because if your husband or anybody, kids, parents, what, you know, coworkers, if anybody's making you crazy, the only place that there is room for change is within. Mm. And power as well. That's your only power, yes. really. Yes. Yes. And really, your power comes from the freedom to apply whatever definition you want. So, for instance, somebody loses their job and they go, oh, you know, my life is over. Another person loses their job and they say, all right, you know, I can start my own business that I've always wanted to start. Same set of circumstances, different definition, entirely different life trajectory. So, so it's always about the definition that you're, you know, so if you feel like your relationship or your marriage is stale, it's going to be. Yeah. Because that's how powerful you are. You're choosing the definition and you're applying that to the circumstances and the circumstances reflect back to you perfectly what your definitions are. Yes. So really, it just all comes down to the freedom to apply the definitions and the ability to um, maneuver, maneuver into a new definition that you choose and that you prefer and that has a higher place of power. Yes. And it's not about power over somebody else. It's about it's about your own feelings becoming unhurtable, right? Because as you keep releasing those layers of fear and releasing those layers of fear, I mean, I don't know if you ever get to the place where you don't have any buttons, but but you do get to the place where where you know you're not um, blown about by every wind, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel personally, for me, um, I th- and I think you kind of uh, touched on this before. I I get triggered, uh, my buttons get touched, but I see it from a better perspective much sooner and yes. I'm able to do something to feel better much quicker so yeah so I don't think it necessarily stops happening and and you know and there are certain things that can keep me down much longer than others but it just sure. it feels like it becomes uh, a, a less drawn out less toxic less traumatic yeah. experience every time yeah yeah Hence what Abraham says, it's not about never being out of alignment. It's about how, you know, what way you're focused and how quickly you recover. Yeah, and get back in. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, now uh, I've just got a couple more questions for you, Sandy. Um, The first one is, I love um, the way you keep bringing this back to definitions. I'm wondering what definition you're working on at the moment um, in your life. Unconditional love. Yes. It's kind of, um, and actually more specifically, unconditional self-love. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, we have lots of reasons that we're not good enough, all of us. And um, it doesn't need to be something as exaggerated as fear. You know, um, 
self-criticism, you know, never getting enough done, never, you know, whatever. (laughs) Never in itself is a word I'm trying not to use. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so the leading edge is definitely about, you know, that that journey back to self-love and the journey back to self-love. And, and um, you know, like you said, I think, so I went to Unity Church when my daughter was three, and she's like 30-something now. And, and at that point, you know, 25-plus years ago, just kind of eking into the edge of my consciousness was this idea that we are God, and and that felt blasphemy to me. You know, I'm not even raised with a real um, religious background, but just being in our society was enough to go, oh, me, God? Oh, oh, that's blasphemy, you know? Um, and so, you know, is that the first step? No, I mean, that's still a pretty advanced step. But, I mean, I had it that on the periphery of my vision 25 years ago. You know what I mean? And I'm only just really beginning to go, okay, I'm source. I'm, I'm you know, I, I can he- hear myself wanting to use the word I'm perfect just the way I, I am. Um, but the word perfect has a whole bunch of connotations to it. You know what I mean? Um, so, so. A big piece of it is coming to understand that um, everything is neutral. So it goes back to that same idea of definitions. So I can look in the mirror and go, oh, my God, you're still beating yourself up for that crap. You know what I mean? And so then then what's happening is I'm out of alignment, and then I'm beating myself up for being out of alignment. So, so you can't even get to that place of what the first issue was why you're out of alignment because you're too busy beating yourself up for being out of alignment which is why abraham material now you know talks about um they've added a whole nother step which is which is being in that place of not alignment and having it be not only okay but but really our inner being knows that if you're having contrast, you got good stuff coming. Yeah. You know what I mean? So our inner beings go, contrast, yay! You know? Um, and I don't even pretend to be there. Um, I can be there in hindsight, you know what I mean? Like I can look at contrast from two years ago and go, oh, well, you know, it was big at the time, but it was really the best thing that ever happened or it was the best thing that could have happened. But ideally, I don't want to take two years to get there all the time, you know? <laughs> so that's the leading edge I think we all have. Um, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm totally there, too. Yeah. 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 Love. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've really, really enjoyed this chat. Um, people will probably want to look you up and see how they can um, join in on some of the wonderful things you're creating. Where can they go to okay. find you and what are you up to? Um, well, the best way, if you want to get in touch with me personally, um, right now, if you would, if any of your listeners would like a free PDF of my book, I'd be happy to share that with them. Um, in order to do that, the best way to get in touch with me is Sandy, S-A-N-D-I, at ontheroadwithabraham.com. And that'll be in the show notes. Yep. Yes. Okay, good. 
Um, I am just in the process of getting ready to launch a membership site because what I found is that um, those of us who aren't muggles want community with with like-minded others. Um, and, and often once you understand this work, um, you know, sometimes just a little bit of tweaking. Like you don't need a whole year of coaching. Sometimes you just need 15 minutes. You know what I mean? And so that will allow this to happen really easily. Um, and that will be DeliberateCreatorsClub.com. Beautiful. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for talking to us and sharing your wisdom with us. It's been an absolute pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me, and I appreciate your loving energy. You're a beautiful soul. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you.